Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Combox Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit our website, chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. And yes, of course, if you want a real print edition mailed right to your mailbox, you can subscribe also at our website for just $9.95 for a year. Can't beat that at all. we got a great show lined up for you today. We've got, again, Peter Brown. Let me correct that. The awesome Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. Peter will begin a two-part series today on digestion from the beak to the vent. We'll get started with that right after this short break. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kambach Feeds. Find a dealer at ComboxFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Comboc Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. 
or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Introducing the Bright Tap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. The Bright Tap Feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the Bright Tap feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The Bright Tap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, Visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. So, uh, hey, let me go over here to our Facebook page. I told you uh, last week uh, that I was going to share with you uh, some information we did yesterday on our Facebook page, finally, about a brand-new MPIP, National Poultry Improvement Plan program, uh, due to the number of salmonella outbreaks in the past few years. There's a brand-new MPIP program you all really need to be aware about. Um, it's a voluntary program that anyone can participate in, uh, even, the, again, stereotype here for a moment, the soccer mom with six chickens in her backyard for pets can participate in this. Uh, but mail order hatchery should be very aware of this new program, and really you as the customer uh, need to push this new program for the safety of your birds and your family. Um, so the next time you purchase uh, the purchase, uh, the next time you order or purchase from anywhere, whether it's I'm going down the street to Bob's to purchase some birds because he's a breeder, uh, or hey, I'm going to order them from Kansas because this guy produces the best Buckeyes, whatever the case may be, or you order online uh, from a mail order hatchery. Um, you know, next time you order, you need to ask them if they are, quote, Salmonella Monitor. That's the name of this new program uh, with the MPIP, Salmonella Monitor, uh, that's a voluntary uh, um, level a participation with MPIP, and I've got a, a, a started list. You can go to the MPIP website and take a look at all of the um, uh, places, folks, hatcheries that are, are uh, in, in their level because there's many different levels and lots of different testing. Just because someone says, oh, I'm MPIP, if they participate that in the minimum, they're not testing any uh, strains of salmonella that could affect you or your family, just the birds, salmonella porn, that's it. Um, and so, uh, when you just, it's very simple to remember. When you call and order birds, you go pick up birds, I don't care where you're buying them from, ask them, say, do y'all participate in the Salmonella Monitored MPIP program, uh, that level, and see what they say. If not, you need to ask them why. Why not? Uh, don't you think that would be important to protect me and to give me some healthy birds if I'm sending you money? So a, a lot of times the consumer has control over what these companies are doing, um, and um, it's a volunteer process for them to uh, to participate in this. Salmonella monitored is the key. Uh, again, there are several levels of MPIP. Some test for the minimum, and, and some go the extra mile to make sure they are all doing what they can to provide you with the healthiest birds possible. Also, said this in the past, there's no such thing as MPIP certified. Okay, uh, the term has gone viral. MPIP does not certify anything or anybody. 
uh, one might participate in the MPIP program, and their birds might test negative or tests required under that program they participate in, but they're not certified if, ands, or buts, no way, or how. Um, so uh, let's just know that. And the terminology has gone viral, so we're all, you know, even I've fallen into that trap. Oh, yeah, and you want to make sure you find somebody who's MPIP certified. <laughs> Wrong terminology, unfactual information. They're not certified for diddly. Um, they participate in this program, and they get tested for certain things that they may be participating in, but that, that is it. Um, I got some more uh, legal mumbo jumbo there regarding the program, and I've got a, a hatchery list started to save you some time. These are the more popular hatcheries that are out there that are participating in this new salmonella monitor program. Metzer Farms out of California, they do a lot of game birds, ducks, and whatnot. Uh, Belt Hatchery, Hoover's Hatchery, McMurray Hatchery, Welp Hatchery, Stromberg's Hatchery, Cackle Hatchery, Estes Hatchery, Privet Hatchery, Meyer Hatchery, and Ideal Hatchery, Ideal Poultry. So that's just a, a really a start. And I put down some of the more well-named um, uh, hatcheries that we, you know, most of our listeners are probably familiar with. Uh, but then you can get a complete list if you want to know, hey, Bob, he, he hatches a lot of birds down the street. He's a pretty well-known breeder for this breed. Uh, in this area, let's go see if he what level of MPIP he's participating in. Is it the minimum? Is he going the extra mile? Is he now doing the Salmonella Monitor Program as well? And so I think it would be very, uh, it would behoove you, as uh, our good friend Peter, Peter Brown often says, it would behoove you to um, find out what level of MPIP they participate in. And then when you call an order, ask them, uh, are you salmonella, you participate in the salmonella? Um, and these, these are, they have to test every 30 days. You can see all the legal mumbo jumbo there on my uh, uh, Facebook page. It talks about that. And, and an authorized agent shall collect the minimum uh, shall collect a minimum of five environmental samples. For example, chick papers, hatching trays, chick transfer devices, uh, and whatnot from the hatchery at least every 30 days. Testing must be performed in an author, uh, uh, authorized uh, laboratory. So um, every 30 days. It's not just, oh, I got tested once a year for this. Okay, what happens next month if they do get something? You're not going to be tested for another 11 months. So this is 30 days, and it is actually testing for uh, specific strands of salmonella that may affect you and your family. Okay, uh, so just I wanted to share with that. It's over on our Facebook page. You're not going to get this information at any silly blogger forum. Uh, they just don't have this information. Um, I'm friends with the director of MPIP in Conyers, Georgia, um, uh, and Denise, and she's awesome and very nice. And uh, we've talked many times on uh, the phone last couple of weeks. So I want to make sure I, I got the right information out there for our listeners. So uh, if you want to know about coffee, go visit a blog. If you want to know about keeping the backyard uh, flock healthy, here's where you're at. So, um, yeah, it's all there on our Facebook page and um, uh, facebook.com forward slash The Chicken Whisper, new MPIP program that, uh, again, you probably want to be aware about. So when you do call and order your chicks, I don't care if it's a neighbor down the street uh, or if it's uh, um, a big mail order hatchery, it's, it's it's kind of falling on you now to to put pressure on them to uh, to participate in that. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, there's that information for you. Let me see if I have any other chickens in the news uh, information over here on our Facebook page. Uh, I did change the header there. Uh, now available organic poultry feed from Combot and uh, organic harvest. And also, I don't know if it's out yet, should be out probably by the end of the summer, early fall, uh, non-GMO feed um, that they're coming out with. Well, big, big label says non-GMO right there on, on the front cover uh, of the bag there. Um, let's see what else we have here. That we, I did post something yesterday uh, that basically uh, went viral. Uh, I posted a picture of uh, me and my boy. Uh, walking down a little dirt driveway, heading to the fishing ponds. I've got the fishing rods, and he's got the tackle box. And I put, hey, what this country needs is more tackle boxes and less X boxes. And um, so uh, it, it kind of went viral. It was, uh, according to Facebook here, it was, uh, da, 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 where are you? Where'd you go? Yeah, it was seen by... 1.6 million people. Uh, it, it was liked almost 30,000 times, and it was shared almost 16. 
thousand times. So that's good. And by far, I'd say 98% of all the comments were very, 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 very positive uh, and in agreement. It never did say, throw your Xbox out the window, it's the devil. Um, and I think most people understand that. So um, get outside with your folks, parents, uh, with your kids' parents, and uh, enjoy your kids while you uh, while you can. I also posted a funny last week about uh, as we approach the political season, <laughs> please keep one thing in mind, that my web radio show right here is totally fair and balanced because chickens have a right wing and a left wing. So I've been saying that for years. And uh, i tell you where I got that. It was from my good friend, the late Phil Wolf. Uh, when I was doing AM radio uh, out of Atlanta for the first six months of this show's life, I was heading one Saturday morning into the studio, and I was talking to Phil, and uh, he, it probably was the political season, and he said something like that, and uh, it's just scared with me this uh, whole time. So rest in peace, Phil, buddy. You're greatly missed, and uh, you're a great patriot and former Marine, Vietnam vet, and uh, there's a big, big void in my life and Jennifer and our family when uh, when you left this earth. So, uh, but that's got to give credit where credit is due. Did you see the Dow this morning? It dropped over a thousand points or something. I didn't even know anything about it. Got online, started checking my mail. Somebody had posted something about it. It's just about corrected itself, um, but people were kind of in a down uh, spin uh, panic uh, about that. So, but um, hey, I want to say again, thank you for tuning in today. We've got Peter Brown. Uh, also known as the Chicken Doctor, calling in, and we're going to begin a two-part series starting today. Uh, we'll have the uh, second part next Monday, all about digestion. From the beak to the vent, right here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And let's go ahead and get over here to the phone lines, and we'll bring Peter Brown on. Let's give him a big Chicken Whisperer welcome. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Andy, how are you doing? It is hot down here in... Central Florida, that's all i got to say. Um, I know it's hot a lot of places, but I saw a friend post on Facebook. Um, she comes down to South Florida in the winter uh, where we stay down there, and uh, she, I think, is in Wisconsin maybe or Michigan, and uh, she had to post something this morning saying, holy cow, it's cold today. And, uh, and, and she said, I thought this was supposed to be awesome. So apparently there's some uh, cold air moving down uh, even starting uh, now. I've seen several posts, actually from those folks, uh, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan, up that way that are talking about some cooler weather. Someone said they pulled the sweaters out, and I'm down here suffering. <laughs> and Jen uh, <laughs> was like, Jen was like, I thought our home was on wheels so we could go places where, you know, we can leave. I said, I know that, but, you know, <laughs> I said, we just got 10 more days, and, and um, we belong to an RV club, which is great. It's a couple of them, actually, and so uh, for one free every year, you can technically all year long stay for free, and so we're at one of those quote-unquote free uh, parks. And I'm like, if we leave and go north where it's a little bit cooler, then it's just going to cost us more money, and we're here for free, and we've just got 10 more days. So she's like, okay, but we are heading uh, heading north here uh, a week from Thursday. And uh, I say north, we're heading up to the Georgia for about, uh, let's see, for about three weeks, and then we'll start the tour. And that will include really the southeast, but still a little cooler areas of the southeast, I guess, um, heading up into uh, Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, so that hopefully we'll get some cooler temperatures there this uh, fall. Now, next spring is going to be tricky, uh, Peter, because I'm not real uh, familiar with, with weather patterns up north, obviously. Um, we, we've Last year, last fall, when we went to Maine and back, we were really on the edge of all the cold fronts coming through, and, and it was a perfect trip. We got to see some leaves changing, but this, this next spring, um, and I'll do start doing some reach on that. In fact, we're about to post uh, where we're going to be and all the dates and all the events for our tour. But this next spring, they're talking about getting me going up to uh, starting a tour in Ohio, like the first uh, or second, first towards the end of the first week of uh, March. It'll be cold. Last year we were there and we got like six inches of snow. And uh, and then uh, and but then they're talking about starting the tour there, right from that event and hitting uh, Wisconsin and Michigan and Iowa, and I'm thinking, i got to go buy me a coat. I'll tell you what, it's a funny story real quick, and we'll get on to digestion. Last year, um, it was the new year we started with Kalmbach feeds, and, and I'm thinking, 
you know, it's March. I don't, I don't need it. Yeah, I had a jacket that I had worn for several years, and it had an old sponsor's logo embroidered on it. And so I, I, yeah, I had it in the RV, but uh, we, we went on I was like, it's going to be March. It's going to be perfect weather. I love it. I'm hot-natured anyway. And, and let me tell you, it was what we, we were there when we were at the uh, – uh, that that a farm event out in the open field, you know, you and I were both there, and, and uh, <laughs> down that crazy call. So initially, I just put a piece of duct tape over that embroidery, and it was pretty crappy, just to say the least. Attracted more attention, so basically, I just kind of took it off and did a little kind of fold with the with the coat. So, uh, but but I still haven't bought another coat because I hadn't had a need. It hadn't need, but uh, Jen said, hey. And it's so funny. You go into the, I don't care, you go into the store, farm store, wherever, uh, and, and I, I could not find a coat. When was that? That was in, um, April, I think. Uh, that, was, that was in March. Yeah, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it may have been April, April, right. Yeah, exactly, April, you're right. And, uh, and here we are in Ohio, and it, it was warm, cold. Nobody has coats. I could go find bikinis. I could find shorts, tank tops. And, and you know, people out there know that that's just how the, the, clothing industry works like right now i'm still i'm burning my tail off here in central florida i bet if i go to a farm store they're gonna have the coats out because because an anticipation for fall so i won't be able to find a bikini now but i can find coats now that are uh down and then and, and gore-tex and all that stuff so but i do need a coat for especially if we're going to be touring in that area in march so let's talk about digestion when i think about this uh, i think about my paramedic days and the route of digestion for, again, us humans, obviously the mouth, we got chew. We start digesting really in the mouth with chewing. We know chickens have no teeth. They don't chew. Um, that takes place down in the gizzard with the grit. Um, but but I, don't, I don't know if there's, uh, I guess, any kind of, like we have saliva that starts breaking down the food in our mouth. That, as far as I know, you know they, they don't produce any saliva. I don't know. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going through our route as humans with digestion. And so when it was funny. Were you really? Because when I emailed you, you said, hey, let's, let's, concentrate on digestion from the beak to the vent and you're like stop reading my mind were you really thinking about going that route oh yeah 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 <laughs> that's something I, that was... i've been uh, i've been kicking around for a while uh, and i'll tell you i'll tell you why i came up with with this idea we've talked about digestion before um but not in any great detail and i got thinking the other day i said you know you're always kicking this term around uh galt gut associated lymphoid tissue and talking about the immune system being, uh, you know, a, a large part of the immune system being, uh, you know, in the intestinal tract. So, you know, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you, why don't you tell somebody what the hell you're talking about? You know, because, I mean, <laughs> you know, I can explain it, you know, what the, the, the acronym is. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's uh, lymphoid tissue or, or, or immune tissue that is in, actually in the intestinal tract. That's what it means. But what does that mean to the end user? What, what's it all about? And um, I think <clears throat> what's interesting, uh, and we'll go through the whole thing. It, it may even take three shows because some of this is complex. Okay. And you kind of got to go slow and, and digest it a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, no pun intended, really. But uh, you kind of have to think about it. And, and, and uh, this goes back to, you know, you hear me harping all the time on quit feeding all the junk, quit feeding all the excess stuff that they don't need. Uh, a, a large percentage of issues that I deal with, people either calling me uh, in the office or uh, uh, emailing me or messaging me uh, on Facebook, have to deal with intestinal issues. Mm -hmm. and the greatest majority of them are self-inflicted, uh, things that people have done uh, you know, unknowingly or went on, on one of the blogs and read about something that somebody was, was doing. Look, we've all been down that road. What's good for one person or one, one animal isn't always good for the other. Uh, um, you know, if, you, if you, uh, you look at, and this has got really nothing to do with chickens in a way, but uh, you make the inference. If you look at NASCAR, there are people that buy their engines from Hendrick Motorsports. What? Well, but you don't see them winning all the time either, do you? Okay, and you see the Hendrick cars up front and that kind of thing. Well, uh, I don't think they're always going to give you the best technology that they have. And, uh, you know, it's just an association there the, the, the same way. Uh, somebody tells you they do something, uh, they forgot to tell you that little twist at the end that they do that makes the whole thing work and, uh, uh, or deliberately, you know, didn't tell you something for, for whatever reason. And, and believe me, people do that. So 
all of these things you get taken into consideration, and that's how I came up with this thought. And I said to myself, I said, you, know, you really need to start explaining some of this stuff in more detail than just, you know, throwing an acronym out there and, and halfway explaining it. So when you, you know, emailed me, you know, about the, the show topic, I said, well, that suits me fine. Let's just start off on it, and we'll see where it all goes, and uh, we'll get as far as we can go today, and we'll pick it up again next Monday, and we'll go as far as we go there. If we finish it, fine. If we don't, we'll we'll finish it up the following week. Doesn't make no difference to me, and it may be better. Yeah, than works. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, too much information overload all at one time, uh, you know, isn't really. Uh, a good thing all the time. So give people a chance to think about it. Might get some people to call in and, and ask some questions about the previous show. So let, let's see where it all goes at, at, at the end of the, the thing. And I think people will enjoy it, get a greater understanding uh, of uh, what I'm talking about when I say don't feed these things that upset the digestive tract. Uh, most people, uh, even on the human side, will tell you when you get off of your diet and you start eating a lot of fatty foods, a lot of uh, simple carbohydrates, uh, it generally leads to you having a case of diarrhea. That's basically what it does. And when you do that, you are upsetting your immune system. Well, it's no different mm-hmm. than it is with a chicken, okay? When you allow their uh, gut to be upset for whatever the reason, you know, we talked about some of those things before. We talked about <clears throat> uh, uh, stress. Uh, we talked about weather conditions, uh, hot, cold, uh, wind, rain, uh, all of these things, uh, breathing, moving, uh, illness, vaccination, uh, pressure on the yard of bullying and all these things, they bring out those steroids, those corticosteroids that, you know, shut off the immune system temporarily, and then they make mm-hmm. them very vulnerable to whatever comes along. Well, the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, I'm going to kind of start there and work around that and build from there, okay, uh, is a, um acronym we use for... Um, um, describing uh, conditions uh, to a degree in, in the uh, intestinal tract itself. If you look at the intestine itself, uh, technically, uh, if you uh, look at it, what you see is a big, long, uh, hollow tube, okay? And on the technical end of it, yeah, it is that way, okay, at first glance. Um, and you always hear these other terms kicked around, the lumen, okay? Uh, when people get... Uh, reports back from the laboratory, they always say, in the intestinal lumen. Well, what they're talking about is more or less in the middle of the tube, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about. You know, in in that uh, group of cells that are all around the intestinal uh, tract itself, uh, is the the opening itself is is called the lumen, and then everything else around that has other other names. There are special uh, uh, cells that uh, reside uh, in the intestinal tract that uh, accomplished uh, different things. But I'll start out in the mouth. Um, you you talked about it uh, in the intro to this. There There is no um, um, chewing of food uh, that takes place. But there is, um, and you also said, um, you know, that you don't believe there is any saliva. And not saliva as, as we would know it. Uh, lots of times mm-hmm. if you look in a chicken's mouth, uh, you'll see what looks like uh, sticky stuff, even though even uh, and that's a, that's a mucus uh, that is produced by uh, specialized cells uh, in the bird system called goblet cells, and uh, their their job is to pr- produce this mucus that wets the food um, that goes down into the crop. Now this mucus is not present in the crop, okay, um, probably because of the fact that. Uh, the water that the bird's drinking and the food that it's drinking are all uh, somewhat mixed together there. There's no mechanism for mixing in the crop. There's no uh, musculature. Mm-hmm. It's just a big old elastic bag. Uh, but as you move away from there, there's a small piece of intestine that goes from the the uh, the uh, uh, bottom of the crop over to the proventriculus. And so the areas there where it, where it would be present, it would be present in the mouth, it would be present in the esophagus, this mucus, okay, that's going to uh, prepare this food for digestion. No digestion has taken place yet. It's going to drop out of that esophagus into the crop. No digestion is going to take place there. Um, as it moves out of the bottom of that crop into the next piece of, of the small in, uh, intestine that moves over to the proventriculus, uh, there will be some mucus there to further uh, 
uh, facilitate the movement of food through the intestinal tract. And as it gets over uh, to the proventriculus, there'll be more. All along the way, except for the gizzard, there's none in the gizzard, okay, uh, you're going to get this um, this additional mucus uh, added to the feed. But this mucus has, has uh, many different um, um, roles that it plays uh, in uh, protecting the bird's uh, uh, immune system. It's actually the bird's first line of defense uh, in the intestinal tract. Uh, to keep out pathogens, uh, toxins, and things of that nature um, that are going to be detrimental to, to the bird. Um, and um, anytime you fracture that, that shield, so to speak, because that's basically what it is, okay, this would be like having a uh, piece of tubing with a bunch of um, um, finger-like projections um, lining the entire um, outer edges of that uh, intestinal uh, tract and the middle of that again being the, the, the lumen of the, uh, of the intestine. And um, these little finger-like projections are called villi and um, the mucus is going to be all coated in there so then it's going to be like you running uh, some, some paint down through there to, to paint everything. And that painting uh, covers those villi in such a fashion that it uh, makes it difficult for uh, bacteria, viruses, uh, toxins, funguses, uh, and the like, uh, you know, to penetrate that mucus and get into the uh, villi and start their destructive uh, properties and uh, invade the rest of the bird's uh, system. Uh, it is designed to keep things out because, uh, again, there's a vast vascularization, uh, blood vessels running all through these things, and uh, um, when there's a breach in the, in the integrity of the intestinal mucosa, that's where that word comes from, mucosa meaning mucus, the um, invaders will then get through, these, uh, through the, uh, the mucus and into the, into the villi, into the bird's bloodstream, and then obviously from there, uh, go on and become systemic and, and uh, go to other, uh, what we call target organs, whichever bacteria, virus it is, whatever uh, uh, organ it has a penchant for, uh, it'll, it'll go through the bloodstream there and go to those, and then you really got a problem. So this is one of the reasons why, you know, we see it quite often, uh, birds who look ill today uh, may very well be dead tomorrow. Um, this breach of this um, um, first line of defense uh, opens up the bird to, to all kinds of, of anomalies. And then on top of that, having stress uh, from whatever, uh, whether it be a disease entity or, or a, a crisis on the farm, uh, no food, no water, too, too hot, too cold, uh, breeding, all the other things I mentioned previously, uh, then you start to see uh, this breakdown of, of, the, of the birds. Uh, one of the other things that's important to, to look at here is that one of the most common uh, detriments that we have to poultry uh, is coccidiosis. And uh, we've talked about coccidiosis till the cows come home and mm -hmm. uh, tried to explain it in many different fashions. Uh, there are many different ways uh, to explain, uh, you know, that you're really not rid of it, but you try to live with it and, uh, you know, what the... Uh, medicated uh, feed is supposed to do and, and uh, what you're supposed to be doing as a, a poultry keeper, um, you know, to, to try to keep it in, in check. I'll give you an example. I had a, um, uh, a fellow uh, a couple, three weeks ago get a hold of me through a mutual friend, and he has about a, a – I'm sure he doesn't have very much experience with chickens other than the fact that he can identify one. Um, and um, he had severe mortality. And uh, I went through it with him, and I said, well, from, from my experience, you know, I can't see them, but I can tell you what I think it is. I said, I think you got a bad case of coccidiosis. He had about 1,000 birds um, originally. And um, when I last talked to him, um, uh, he had about 700 left. And um, when they were dying heavily, uh, even though he was trying to medicate, um, he took some to the lab, and the lab confirmed that they had coccidiosis. So we knew what the diagnosis was after the fact. 
but he was improperly medicating, not putting out enough waterers for the amount of birds that he had, uh, not able to keep up with the proper amount of medication. So when you look at that scenario, what was happening there was that this uh, gut-associated lymphoid tissue, this galt that we're talking about here, this mucus that we're talking about here is under severe attack. These villi are being destroyed left and right, okay, and uh, you know, causing uh, intestinal bleeding, uh, extreme mortality. Um, these are birds uh, that he was hoping to get uh, a fair amount of eggs per every day for, for sale, and he already had customers lined up, but he's got a bunch of sick birds. And it's not even the medication, because the medication he can use and still harvest the eggs, but you can't get them into production when they're not healthy. They just won't go. They just they just sit there and right. they start dying and they stop eating and, and, and everything else. <clears throat> the importance of these villi that we're talking about, we've talked about it before. If you hold your hand up in front of your face, you're looking at five villi. But these villi have um, very uh, pronounced tips on the end of them. And this is where the basic nutrient absorption takes place. So when you have uh, the intestine under attack by the uh, uh, coccidia, these tips of the villi are destroyed. The ability now to to uh, absorb nutrients uh, from the uh, uh, intestinal uh, tract uh, are severely impaired. And not only that, these villi now, which are epithelial surface tissue cells, start to bleed. So now we've got a mixture of, of, uh, of mucus. We've got a mixture of, of uh, um, blood. We've got coccidia tearing up things. We've got feed coming through, uh, uh, being uh, digested, but under, unabsorbed when I say being digested, broken down to the point where it is uh, feasible for the uh, ingesta to be uh, absorbed, but there's no place or there are fewer places to absorb what's coming through. So we have a, a, a lot of problems going on uh, at the same time uh, as the intestine is trying to recover uh, from this. Um, the villi are actually folded back over uh, in, a, in such a fashion that uh, it, in, what it is, it's an attempt uh, by the uh, bird's intestine to uh, uh have greater surface area for greater absorption of, of nutrients. And when you destroy these, these villi, you start to destroy then the microvilli, which are the smaller uh, villi that are attached to the sides and, and folded under. Uh, and you start to get this system now of very, very poor absorption and um, the immune system being impaired. So now you open it up to uh, other other problems and other pathogens that may come along uh, at the same time. Uh, so it, it is an interesting uh, uh, phenomenon that happens. Um, <clears throat> these cells are all uh, designed to be uh, specific. Um, specific things happen uh, in, in d different areas. Um, down in, in the where the bottom, if you hold your fingers up and you look at at your fingers where your, the bottom V comes together there, that's called a crypt, okay? And uh, this is where the, um, uh, a lot of this mucus uh, is produced in, in the crypts uh, through what they call goblet cells. And um, if you're destroying these goblet cells down in these crypts, you're not getting the mucus back out to the uh, upper epithelial surface part of the intestine where the villi and microvilli are to give them protection. Now, an interesting thing happens here, and uh, this is, is really uh, one of the things that I, I think is, is phenomenal about this system. One of the other roles of the uh, mucus uh, is to prevent what we call autodigestion, and this is to prevent the enzymes and, and the uh, uh, acids that are produced, uh, and, uh, such as uh, uh, pepsin and things of this nature, which are digestive enzymes, okay, from digesting these epithelial cells. 
Mm-hmm. So when you have a breach in this mucus, you've now exposed all of these cells to auto-digestion. These enzymes now become caustic, and now you're going to get an inflammatory response uh, in the uh, in the intestine. You might you might uh, even think about it as uh, uh, like an, uh, an uh, um, irritable bowel type syndrome type thing. Okay, so then we start to have uh, if we have a different type of coccidia that doesn't produce blood, we got one that's going to um, not allow these these um, uh, different cells to have an exchange of moisture from the gut um, into, into these uh, these villi, and that exchange of of, um, of fluids and liquids and nutrients um, like vitamins, electrolytes, and that kind of stuff is going to be through the sides of the villi. So you have the tip of the villi taking in basically the nutrients and the water exchange being on the sides of of the villi and then the mucus being produced by the goblet cells at the base of the of the crypt of the of the villi. So it's it's a it's an interesting thing and so when we get to this point we get uh birds that are uh severely impaired nutritionally. Um halfway able to uh, digest their food but not digest it fully, uh, not get the, uh, the nutrients that they need uh, you know, out of this, uh, this feed to, to keep going and sustain life. And that's why one of the reasons we see with coccidiosis, we see birds that eat and eat and eat, and when you go to pick them up, uh, they, they weigh nothing. They're skin and bone, all feathers. And uh, shortly after you get to that point, uh, the birds stop eating altogether, and then they end up, uh, you know, dead. Um, this fellow up in New Jersey, uh, um, he um, uh, had to get a different game plan together to get his under control, and um, cost him a lot of money in the end to do it. Not only in dead birds, but the amount of medication it takes to medicate 700 birds, uh, you know, for seven to ten days. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. But <clears throat> by and large. When you look at these things, you're, you're looking at um, how this uh, material moves in and out of the gut. So there's a lot more to digestion than, than people think. Um, it's not uh, as clear-cut and easy as just, you know, throwing some terms around. Um, and I apologize a little bit for doing that with the, with the golf thing, but I got to thinking about it, uh, you know, not all that long ago, and, and it was kind of interesting when you uh, um, sent me that email, uh, you know, last night. And, uh, right. <laughs> so th- this um, this mucus is available uh, not only in in the the mouth but uh, in the esophagus, um, in the proventriculus, in the intestinal tract, but it is nowhere to be found um, being produced in the crop or, or the uh, or the gizzard. Neither neither place uh, mm-hmm. produces it uh, in, in, at all. Uh, more than likely, because, like I said, because it's not needed in the crop, but you already got your water and you got some mucus already in there that's come in with the, the food that came from the mouth and down the esophagus. Uh, the gizzard's grinding everything all up and, and so on and so forth, and once it passes out of there, the, uh, uh, the digested uh, or the food that's getting ready to be digested will be sorted out by, by the intestine there and... Uh, more fibrous material will be sent to the cecal tonsils, uh, which are another source of uh, uh, these um, um, gut-associated lymphoid tissue cells, uh, which are extremely important for um, uh, maintaining proper balance in the immune system. So you can kind of get the picture, if you're looking at this thing, how mm-hmm. very important this is. I mean, it's not a joke, and uh, you know, some people might think it's, you know, well, he's always hopping on the same crap. It's important because, <laughs> you know, uh, and I get it, you know, it, it sounds like a broken record sometimes, but it is extremely important. And I find, time in and time out, those people who take care of the of their bird's gut not only have healthier birds, guess what? The guy taking care of the birds is a heck of a lot happier. Mm-hmm. A heck of a lot happier. Okay, I got, I got, and I, I have freedom to mention his name, Alan Eastep over here in, in, uh, in Virginia. Uh, he's proven it to himself. See, I don't feel it's always up to me to improve, uh, to prove anything to anybody. If if the facts are there, 
and you're willing to spend a few dollars to to uh, to make your flock healthier and better, um, mm-hmm. you know, then go ahead and do it and 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 be honest about it. And uh, when you when you use natural products, you know, like the oil of oregano, pretty much have to be used every day to see any kind of benefit. Because there is no residual. It's not going to hang around like an antibiotic might. You know, there's some residual from an antibiotic day-to-day, so you might be able to get away with skipping a day or two or whatever. But uh, with most natural products, whether they be used on humans or, or animals, uh, if you're really not brought up around it and used to using it all the time, the medicinal benefits after the onset of disease uh, can be very, very uh, much minimized. And uh, But he's proven it. Uh, He's got some of the healthiest birds he's ever had. Three years running now, being on the oil yep. of oregano, and uh, just tickled to death. Uh, uh, Walt Rizuski up in uh, Connecticut, same thing. Uh, I got some people out in uh, in uh, Colorado using it. Very happy with all over the place. And uh, it's funny, it doesn't take off like it should, because people are afraid to spend the money up front. And that's that's, you know, I would I would trade a few bucks for the happiness of, of having to grow out my chickens, not see them ill, not see them die, uh, you know, and those kinds of things. Uh, uh, I would trade that in a heartbeat for a few dollars spent, uh, you know, putting something in the drinking water that's going to be extremely beneficial uh, and, and keeps the flock actually organic at the same time. So it's uh, it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting phenomena out there. But um, like I said, uh, this... Mucus is extremely uh, important, and um, uh, sometimes you'll even see it in droppings. You'll see this mucusy material coming out, and that means that there's trouble in the intestine, and it's being produced in such quantities that it's being uh, defecated out. And um, you know, you need to get to the bottom and find out, you know, what the what the uh, the overall problem uh, is, uh, you know, with that. So, uh, Andy, did you want to take a, your commercial break now? When I come back, I'll talk a little bit more about the sequel tonsil. We can absolutely do that. No worries there. Uh, folks, we're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. And, of course, we're talking about all things digestion from the beak to the vent today. And we'll return after this short break. Lots more to come. Stay with us. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialist. Brency has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brency.com. Brency spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brency.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brency, technology you can trust. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your hen saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you in your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag, 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting R coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. 
Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com and try Love Nest Organic Blends for your backyard friends today. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at one 800 720-1134. Remember, that's StrombergsChickens.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you are passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at UrbanCoopCompany.com. That's UrbanCoopCompany.com. Come back. Come back, back. Come back. Come back. Come back, back, back. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. I want to uh, remind everybody we'll be back here on uh, Thursday with poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D., and she's got a very exciting opportunity for some select people that may be interested um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too soon. I guess that's a phrase people say often. But um, if you, we'll just say you need to kind of live near Delaware. <laughs> but if you're interested in getting a fabulous education and raising pastured poultry with zero expense out of your pocket, uh, meaning there may be an opportunity coming up for eight to ten individuals um, that want to learn more about either pastured poultry meat birds, pastured poultry layers, um, zero cost, zero investment, yet you get all the returns from selling those um, through the program. Uh, you get the care for the birds. You get oversight from true poultry experts. Uh, everything's included. Uh, you know, why? I don't know why. It's just an amazing opportunity, and she'll be explaining a lot more about that opportunity um, on Thursday. It's, she called me so excited and is excited about this opportunity to have somewhere between six and eight people and uh, their facilities, uh, picking the, choosing the birds. You can, it's just, just an amazing opportunity and the, the education you'll get and the experience. And then you, it doesn't cost you a dime, apparently, and then you get all the proceeds uh, of uh, selling those uh, eggs, their pasture, poultry, meat, birds. And so it's, it's a cool program. She'll be telling us all about that on Thursday right here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All right, Peter, uh, we're going to continue on. 
we got about, we'll just say wrap it up in about 10 or 15 minutes and that'll give us plenty for next Monday and even the following Monday, like you said, not not information overload, but you can continue on and get to a stopping point that's appropriate. We'll roll with that. Yeah. Um, one other thing uh, I think is important here to understand, um, just uh, when we talk about this mucus, um, it's made up of um, protein and carbohydrate, okay? And um, it's called a uh, glycoprotein, just for argument's sake here. Uh, but I just thought it was important to bring this portion of it up. And we may talk more about some of the uh, of, of the more complex parts of the uh, gut-associated lymphoid tissue uh, next week. I don't want to get into any more of that part of it right at the moment. But um, so... If we start with, uh, you know, the digestive, the true digestive part of it, we start with, you know, food being taken in, obviously, uh, in the mouth going down the esophagus into the crop and the crop over to a small piece of intestine to the proventriculus. And here's where your your true digestion uh, really starts. Uh, there are uh, uh, enzymes uh, that uh, are added here at the proventriculus, again, the true true glandular stomach of the bird, uh, not overly big, uh, but kind of big for the job that it does uh, in uh, mixing uh, the muscle in it, contract uh, to, uh, to bring the, uh, the food in, uh, and it's done in two ways. Uh, the stimulation of the opening of the proventriculus to open and accept food by the uh, vagus nerve, okay? It's the nerve most often associated with being infected with Marek's disease. So uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, we see lots of birds uh, not wanting to eat on their own. Um, I can't always prove it because I can't always see all the birds, but it makes a good common sense that if a bird uh, is not impacted and is not wanting to eat on its own, but you tube feed it and the feed goes through, and that's because uh, that's the second way that food gets into the proventriculus. So what you have more or less is a vagus nerve not telling the proventriculus that there's food there and letting it in, whereas food coming out of food that you have put into the bird coming out of the crop down that small piece of intestine and touching the uh, opening to the proventriculus makes it open and accept the food. And eventually that goes away and the bird's lots of times become crop bound. They won't, won't really put out uh, uh, very much uh, food going through there. So that's the rhyme and reason why that happens for the most part. But that is controlled uh, by those two things, the, the stimulus of food being presented at the opening to the proventriculus and also by the bird's brain saying, hey, I'm hungry, and that signal being sent down to the proventriculus and food coming down out of the crop and entering the proventriculus and being uh, mixed with enzymes and, and so on uh, there. And uh, it, uh, to a degree, the muscles here start the first grinding process to the food that's been uh, consumed uh, before it's passed off uh, from the uh, uh, proventriculus uh, to the, um, um, the gizzard, okay? And uh, then obviously the food moves along then to to the uh, to the uh, to the gizzard for for grinding, um, and uh, again more enzymes and, and things are added here um, as the food is, is ground uh, by very very strong uh, muscular uh, contractions. The, the food has to be uh, broken down so that. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of people don't really uh, know this, that the, the, uh, the, the better the grinding action, uh, the better the absorption of nutrients from that food, human or otherwise, especially when you're talking about grains. Um, grains have a tendency that are not uh, sufficiently broken down, uh, have a tendency not to be digested very well. So the, the greater the, uh, the action uh, of the gizzard, so it's important then that the gizzard have some uh, some grit, um, and uh, that grit helping it uh, uh, break down the, the the food coming in, so that uh, the food coming out of that going into the intestinal tract itself 
uh, can be more readily absorbed and uh, easier broken down by that system. So you have to, you know, understand how all these things work, and um, the uh, greater uh, understanding you have of it, the less likely, hopefully, you'll be uh, doing uh, um, damage to your, your your birds. An interesting thing about um, and I'll, I'll be, I have to be honest up front, I don't know exactly how this mechanism works, and I, when I get some time on these days, I'll, I'll look into it even further. But there is such an action between the proventriculus and the gizzard where food is passed from the proventriculus to the gizzard and uh, then is passed back to the proventriculus and then back to the gizzard again for regrinding. Uh, so I don't know whether it's really adding more enzymes through the proventriculus, um, but there is uh, an initial grinding process. Uh, we don't often think of it that way because it's really uh, muscular contractions of the proventriculus against the ingested food uh, to start to break it down, okay, and the enzymes being added there um, uh, to, to that as well. And so then it moves over to the, to the gizzard and undergoes further uh, crushing, so to speak, grinding, if you will, and then uh, for whatever reason, it's uh, and I think it has to do to a degree with uh, proper mixing of it, okay, with with the enzymes. So it goes back to the proventriculus, is remixed and reground again, and then back to the to the gizzard for further mixing and grinding, and then moving on out uh, to the. Uh, uh, the ileum, which is the beginning of the intestinal tract, and uh, uh, the uh, opening to the the cecal tonsils. Okay, and um, Andy, I think I'm going to leave that kind of like right there and pick up Monday with it from that standpoint. I mean, if you've got any questions, I'll be glad to answer. Anybody in the chat room or anything else? That's fine. Um... Not uh, chat rooms not open, so uh, we're good there. And uh, they covered a lot of information on uh, this topic, and it's really fascinating. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, next week and, and, and the following week as well. I think it's a great topic, and I guess great minds think alike. Ha <laughs> ha! But um, <laughs> regarding the, the, it was really ironic, though. I mean, I said, "You got to be kidding me!" This is, we're on the same page here because this is exactly what I had <laughs> been thinking about. You know, uh, uh, you know, you know. Trying to keep it, you know, fresh and keep it real, and, yeah. and, and you know, you know, not trying to go over the same subject in, in its entirety over and over and over. Although sometimes that's not a bad thing either. But um, you know, this this should give everybody some insight as to what goes on, uh, how complex it really is. Because we all think, I say we all, not me, but a lot of people think, you know, that. Uh, chicken is just a chicken and it's simple and everything else. Well, simple on one hand, complex on another. Um, yeah. One of the most highly sought after models to model uh, after human diseases and human abnormalities that there is. Um, chickens are used just about for, for every uh, uh, type of research that you could think about. So uh, it, it is an interesting uh, uh, field. Um, and you know, we'll talk more about some of this gut-associated lymphoid tissue deal uh, delve just a little bit deeper into that. Uh, maybe explain a little bit about what happens, you know, uh, further, you know, when there is an assault on the uh, the, uh, the lining of, of the intestine by a, uh, a bacteria or so, and uh, you know what what transpires, what exactly triggers everything into motion, and, and, and you know, um, it's it's a it's a fascinating thing. Uh, it, we all think of it: food in one end, food out the other. We often don't think about what happens in between. Uh, the same with egg laying. You know, if you've heard me say it a zillion times. It's a monumental undertaking for a chicken to lay an egg. It is. It's a, it's a fantastic process that uh, uh, takes everything she's got every day. And uh, you know, people, you know, we tend not to think about that because uh, for those that don't have chickens, they just go to the store and get a dozen eggs and go home. You know, and there's no, no further thought about it. Same thing for a gallon of milk. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so a lot of work goes into getting that gallon of milk that uh, the end user generally doesn't see. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Peter, thanks for uh, joining us today, and I hope you have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll check back with you uh, next Monday at noon right here on Backyard Poultry. You have a great week now. You too now. Bye-bye. Great, thanks. Fascinating information. Hey, give him a visit uh, over at firststatevetsupply.com, firststatevetsupply.com. 
birthstatevetsupply.com, and his email is chickendr at birthstatevetsupply.com. That's chickendr for doctor <laughs> at uh, firststatevetsupply.com. That's going to wrap up another episode. Thank you so much. Remember this Thursday, we have some exciting information uh, for folks and uh, with uh, uh, poultry scientist and professor Dr. McRae. So we hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless everybody. Aww.